Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Morning, Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion. And today, we are here to discuss what happened last week, Thanksgiving week, at the Battle for Atlantis. Your Auburn Tigers go two and one, picking up two good wins, and some will say one good and hard-fought loss in the Battle for Atlantis, playing three really good basketball teams, getting three really good games, and uh, uh Proving their resume, and I think they improved a lot. And to do that, brought my dad back in here, my co-host. Dad, how are you doing? Good. How are you, son? I'm good. I'm good. We are uh, we we are recording this on a Monday after the uh, the supposed Iron Bowl and the week mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving, where your Auburn mm-hmm. Tigers went to the Bahamas to play in the battle for Atlantis. So. In this game, we've got matched up with the UConn Huskies first, and we'll kind of go uh, game by game here, talk about okay. each three games, talk about stats, talk about what we thought of each three games. Then we'll kind of discuss the tourney in general and get some thoughts around the program. And Look and forward we'll to a revenge game Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, so UConn, that is an experienced basketball team. Auburn takes one on the chin in double overtime. How about a hard-fought? stat building type of game they lose 115 to 109 and i gotta say i was extremely disappointed in the outcome of this game but as looking back on it almost a week later i i think that is as good of a loss as you could ask for this is a this was the game that scared me the most uh going into the tournament i i didn't think we matched up well with uconn uh we had talked after the south florida game about bigger stronger guards who are going to get in your face and they have bigger stronger guards who are going to get in their face um we did get one thing wrong we dared people to shoot over walker kessler and their 610 uh, semi truck i don't remember his name but Sonoga. Uh, he he shot over walker kessler he shot around walker kessler he shot uh, for the first half i uh, he had what their first 10 points he had so. the first 10 points he ended up with 30 on the night he did not shoot the ball as efficiently as he kind of slowed down in the second half, he went yeah. 12, uh, 12 of 25, actually, with six boards and 30 points. But, I mean, you know. He was, he, he's he was gonna, He's going to do that to a lot of people because he is a strong young man. I agree. I agree. And, man, let's just say, let's just start this off. This Auburn basketball team showed why they're going to be really good, especially when you get Alan Flanagan back in this loss, I think. I, I you talk about guys like Katie Johnson went for 27 points, you know, Jabari Smith, 22 points, 12 of 12 from the free throw line. Walker had his first double, double 14 and 10. I think he had like five blocks as well. Wendell shooting four of eight from three, having 19 points. Jalen coming off the bench with 12, you know, Zepp having nine Cambridge knocking down a three, you know, 
Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll just, right. you, you just look at this team and you're going, you know, that that's that's one on the chin. And we talked about we've talked about in the previous podcast, this team's gonna lose games, especially in the SEC. But this team is improving. They're meshing together. Right. You can kind of see it in this tournament. You kind of saw it through these three games. Yeah, um, you know, um Bruce Pearl said before the tournament his goal was for his team to get punched in the mouth. Yeah. They they you know, they got up early on UConn and then UConn punched them in the mouth over and over again for about another half of that game. And we're up eleven with eleven twenty-eight, whatever, or up fifteen with eleven twenty-eight to go in the game. And and Bruce said I want after being punched in the mouth. And they responded by really having that game won in overtime. Uh up to uh guy going to the foul line makes the first one for UConn, then uh, I think, it, well, he accidentally missed the second one and uh, can't secure a rebound. And yeah. they hit a three and they go up two. And then <laughs> and then Katie Johnson goes, just give me the dang ball. I've got this. Yeah. And which yeah. is just really cool to witness a kid like that that can, uh, look, he just, he just said, I'm not going to lose like this. And he did it again at the end of the first overtime, by the way. Yeah, let's talk about Katie Johnson for just a second. Nobody thought he would do what he did against UConn or really in this whole tournament. And we'll get to that, you know, in the future, and we talk about here in a second. But Katie Johnson was spectacular. Mm. He was was unbelievable. He's the reason we stayed in that game for multiple different reasons, whether it's on the offensive end, whether it's those clutch plays, whether it's his three-point, he made those two threes, those two clutch threes in the overtime whether it's the the steals that he's getting, whatever. He's the he, reason he we were in this game. He's so much fun to watch. Yeah, and, and, yeah, he did a lot of things. It was just that that uh, that kid hit that three to put them up two after getting the rebound on that free throw. Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, it's about seven seconds left, eight seconds left. And they didn't call timeout, which I think is smart because you don't give them a chance to set up. and proved to be accurate they weren't set up and kd just attacked them yeah full court all the way down laid it up going to overtime and then at the end of the first overtime the that poor child number 24 uh they're up two all he's got to do is catch it and get fouled and he fumbles it right into kd's hands about three-quarter court and kd does exactly the same thing i'm not passing it i'm not pulling up I, you, I'm either going to go to the free throw line or we're going to tie this ball game up. That's right. And uh, he he's like a truck when he he's like Sean Shivers. When yeah. He gets that in his head. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, and we also let's before we move on to the other games, you know, talk about the wins from this tournament. You know, we're taking this first loss. When you lose a game like this, you know, it's gut wrenching. It's heartbreaking. It's a little disappointing, but you can't blame anything. You know that they just won the game. They made one more play than we did. And it's that's how it's going to be. But the importance of playing in a game like that in a Mm -hmm. neutral floor against a very experienced, very good UConn team, that UConn team will win a lot of games in the Big East. Um, Play a tournament team like that in a game like that is so important, especially for a team like Auburn, who's not really meshed together yet. A lot of new guys, a lot of transfers, a lot of really young. Doesn't really – I don't know if we have our best player yet. You know, we 
you mesh together in a game like this and, you know, you win or lose, you appreciate a game like this. Well, and, and uh, for what it's worth, the announcers even mentioned several times during the game that Jabari Smith was growing up before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And he did in that game because in the next two games, he was the best player in the tournament. Yeah. And uh, he was, <laughs> he literally uh, grew up in that game and realized, okay, this is big boy basketball. We've been playing, been playing some teams that we could beat. And coach said he wanted us to get punched in the mouth. We got punched in the mouth. And I told you, I think maybe last time we were talking, when he's on the floor, I think we have a chance to win. It was like when Cam Newton was playing football at Auburn. Anytime he was on the field, I felt like we had a better than average shot of winning the football. Yeah. When Jabari's on the floor, we got a pretty good shot at winning. I agree. I agree. I think that's the perfect way to say that. And it was the game of the year. It was. For about two days. Yeah. And then Gonzaga and Duke played, and that became the game of the year, yeah. which which we saw two guys that are fighting with uh, Jabari to be the number one player next year, and the Duke kid is special. Yeah, he is. I think Jabari's better than the kid out of Gonzaga, but uh, that Duke player, that dude is, whew, <laughs> golly. He's, he's really good. And I hate yeah. saying that because I hate Duke. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, we'll go ahead and say our – get our player of the game because uh, we will do like a player of the game for each for each of the three games okay. but we will do a tournament mvp and i think i stole yours on that it may may have not i don't know we'll see we'll see yeah. um uh what you got so for obviously for this yukon game i i'm gonna go with kd as the player of the game it, the reason we were in that game 27 points that's a career high for him that's i that's a special coming out party for KD Johnson right there on the offensive side and the defensive side. Yeah, he put his name in the hat as as somebody that other teams are going to have to guard. Yeah. And worry about cuz he doesn't just guard his man. If Jabari or Walker's man turns his back to KD, KD's coming from behind and poking the ball, trying to poke the ball out and he's very very successful. He averaged what four and a half steals during that tournament? Yeah. A game. 14, 14 steals. In the three games. Three games. Good God. He's also – he's stupid. had 20 steals for the season. And the lead, the the team leader last year was Alan Flanagan with 24 all of last year. <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. He's a good yeah. – he, he would be my player of the game too. But since you chose him, I'm going to go with the guy that, that went 12 of 12 from the free throw line as a true freshman in the biggest game he's played in yet. Yeah. And uh, – Kyle Loomis would appreciate a kid stepping up to the free throw line and knocking in 12 out of 12, 12 times he went to the line, 12 times they went in and none of them were close. Yeah. And he, he, he's, he's the best player on the court. He's a, he may not be our MVP at the end of the year. Our MVP may be still sitting on the sidelines right now, yeah. but Jabari is the best player on the team. Yeah. We'll go ahead and go in. We'll, we'll talk for just a little bit about the second game we played against a, an interesting matchup here. Tournament team. It's a tournament team. It's a team that everybody loved about two years ago when they went to the Final Four. And Loyola Chicago, the Ramblers. And when I when I saw that we were going to play Loyola because they like they had lost to Michigan State and we had lost to UConn. So I saw that we were going to play Loyola. I was like, oh, no, that's a team that is very, very experienced and very good at shooting threes. 
Very good. Very good at shooting threes. And that, that extremely worried me because I was like, they're experienced. They're going to be able to get open and they can knock down anytime they get open. So it scared me. Um, but I wanted to see Auburn respond. And I don't know if we responded well early in that game. I think you saw a little fatigue from the two overtime game the day before. Um, I think you saw that with UConn as well in their, in their next game and they played Michigan State. There's no doubt, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's just part of it. You know, we're going to have to face that when it comes to SEC tournament time and NCAA tournament time. Um, but the Auburn Tigers win by nine against Loyola Chicago, 62 to 53. Um, really not a lot, you know, to discuss here. It was a low-scoring game. Loyola did not play as well as I thought they would play. They didn't shoot the ball well at all. They went four of nine from the free throw line, seven of 23 from three. I thought they would be a lot better at both of those. Um, Mm -hmm. And if they were, they would have beat us. So um, Look, they didn't have the size to compete with us either. Their their big guy looked like a 12-year-old. I I don't know his name. Big white kid that that can play. Yeah. But he's, he's designed to be out on the perimeter. Yeah. And and when we went inside, which we could do with regularity, mm-hmm. it, they just didn't they didn't have the horses. And you're right, they didn't shoot as well from three as I thought they would either. Uh, the little point guard is a really good shooter, but uh, Zepp and Wendell just wouldn't let him breathe, especially yeah. in the second half. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you, you just look at the complexion of the game. You just I just kind of think Auburn kind of wore him down. Towards the yeah. end of the game, it's just uh, we will do that to teams like that. Um, who, it was nine points. Well. It felt like a lot more than that. It did. It, it did. Felt like we were way farther ahead than that. By the way. I agree. And this game was also on Thanksgiving, so a lot of people were enjoying Thanksgiving. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, by the way. Um, but I, I don't know. I, you just you look at this game. There's not really. It's a good bounce back win. It's good to get a little. You know, you struggled from three. You went five of 18. You went nine of 14 from the free throw line. But, I mean, you out-rebounded this team by 10. You just – when we went inside the paint, when we got offensive rebounds, it, there wasn't any chance. Well, and and our boy Walker Kessler, 13 points, 10 boards. That was his first – or was that – did he have double-doubles? He had double-doubles double double in the game yeah. before, too. But 13 and 10 – uh, I'll take from that big boy, especially since he finally made a three-point shot. He did. He finally made a three-point made shot against only, them. I know we don't have it on our stat sheet right now, but not only did Walker have 13 and 10, I think he had like four or five blocks as well, which just mm-hmm. adds another complexion to this Auburn defense. You know, we always talk about the guards and KD and Zepp and Wendell and Devin getting up in those guys in the perimeter. It, if you blow by that guy, you got to go up against the seven-one, seven-two kid that's gifted at blocking shots it's a real it's a real benefit as a guard and Mm -hmm. you can speak more to this than I could but as a guard to know okay I can be as aggressive on my guy as as I want to be because if he gets me by a step there's a guy that will erase my mistake standing behind me and he's big he's long he has good timing uh, they, I still think the officials call some fouls on him that they're anticipating him mm. fouling, and he doesn't. And the, but they blow the whistle anyway because they're like, "Well, there's, I'm sure he probably fouled." 
That's interesting and, uh, the way that you say that they anticipate the foul just because he's a lot bigger than the guy mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. wants to block the shots and he's going to try and block the shots. So um, they're they anticipating the, the foul no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that's interesting because I saw that a lot at North Carolina when he was playing in North Carolina a lot last year. You see that with a lot of guys in the NBA as well. Well, they'll go up to block the shot and the referees blow the whistle before the ball's even yeah. touched. Yeah. And so, it, it, First heard that expression when Jordan used to came out into the NBA and officials used to call traveling on him on his first step. Mm-hmm. And it was just because they, they'd never seen somebody be able to do that at that size mm-hmm. that quickly. And so they just blew the whistle going, I'm pretty sure he's got to be traveling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got to be. So pretty sure Walker fouled that guy because look how long and big he is. And there's no way that, didn't happen without a foul, but I, I think Walker's pretty good at not fouling as long as they, as long as they call him and not to complain about officials. This just, I, I just think yeah. that they anticipate the call sometimes. I agree. Go and ahead. We'll, we'll go ahead and in, in the discussion on that one, because I'm excited to talk about the, the last player of game. The game, player of the game, player yeah. of the game, player of the game, obviously <laughs> I'm, your player going, of the game. I'm going with Walker Kessler. I just, you know, I, I think going inside with him, in that game, him getting 10 boards, the versatility he has on defense to block shots like that. It, he's got to add a different dimension to this Auburn team, and I'm excited. So he gets that one. So I'm going with Wendell Green Jr. Okay. Wendell started coming off the bench these two games, mm-hmm. and I think it has helped him immensely to kind of see the flow of the game before he comes in the game. Mm-hmm. And he came in the game, scored 10 points, and gave out four assists. But the biggest thing there is he got four rebounds. He's the littlest guy on the floor. Mm-hmm. He got four mm-hmm. rebounds. He uh, Walker had 10, and there were several other people ha- who had four, but he was one of them. So uh, he's he is uh, he's learning his role coming off the bench. I think that's a – put KD in the starting lineup, put Wendell on the bench, and bring Wendell in with, uh, uh, with some guys uh, – Williams and uh, Moore and some of these Cardwell, some of these guys, he can really change. There's not a backup point guard that's going to be able to stay with him. Yeah. Really anywhere. That's true. So he's pretty good backup point guard. Anyway, that's that's my player of the game. Yeah. uh, That's a great one. I, I didn't even think about that. That's a great one. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, 
e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. We'll go ahead and get on into the last game, the, the domination of the Qs. Auburn beats Syracuse yes. Friday by 21, 89 to 68. And I was actually on my way back to Auburn from Thanksgiving for the first half of the game. I was able to watch the second half. This, I, look, respect to Syracuse. I don't like Syracuse. I, no. I, I don't like Syracuse <laughs> at all. Respect to Syracuse. Stop playing that zone. Auburn just exposed <laughs> that zone the whole game, the entire game. And if you got a player like Jabari Smith, it's kind of easy. But, you know. Yeah. The, you know, with that zone, he's he he tries so hard. His goal with that zone is to keep the guards from penetrating. Yeah. So he moves his low post guys out of the lane, and he drops his center into the restricted arc underneath the basket. And what that does is it creates this gigantic hole at the free throw line. And if you have a player who's pretty good at a free throw line jumper, can make good decisions, has a high basketball IQ, and is aggressive, uh, you can kill that. Uh, again, Carolina fan here. Uh, when Carolina had Theo Pinson several years ago, Theo was that guy. Uh, when Auburn had Marquise Daniels, who was sitting on the bench for this game, uh, he tortured that Syracuse zone. But the problem is they had Carmelo Anthony on the other side yeah. who couldn't miss in the Sweet 16 game. Yeah. But it's not hard to beat that zone. And, and Auburn put on a clinic on how to do it. You want to talk about laying out a blueprint on how to beat somebody? Hey, ACC. ACC. Yeah. Watch what we did. I know you don't have a Jabari Smith, but that kid from Duke will torture Syracuse yeah. at, the, at the free throw line. Yeah. So, All right, look, yeah, I agree. It's outdated. You, you watch this game and you don't, you cannot tell me that Jabari is not the best player in the SEC anymore. You said it, you said it earlier and they, the commentator said in the UConn game, you want to see Jabari Smith grow up right in front of your eyes. And this tournament is the perfect example of somebody growing up right in front of your eyes. That is yeah. – that dude played spectacular. Both ends of the floor. Yeah. Both ends of the floor. So, Syracuse got a good big man, and and we put Jabari on him a lot. But Jabari getting that ball – at first I kind of wanted to see KD run that in the middle of that zone, and he flashed in there a couple times because he just has been more aggressive. But when you've got a 6'10 Jabari throwing alley-oops to a 6'10 Dylan Cardwell, it's just – I mean, there's not a lot of teams – I can tell you one thing. Not a lot of teams will play 2-3 against us. No. Because Jabari Smith, yes, he grew up. He went into the middle of the zone. He he flashed out to hit threes. Uh, He airballed a three. And then the next time down, he – nailed the same three and went by the went to coach Bayheim and and told him that uh you can't f with me anymore and uh got teed up for it and uh and and said it was a uh, emotional game for his teammates and he was he had gotten fired up and it wasn't like him and he deserved the technical he deserved the technical but his uh, look that bench had been chirping at him the whole game mm-hmm. and it was emotional. I, nobody would answer this truthfully, but 
back last April uh, when Walker left Carolina, uh, Jim Beheim, and I don't know why Jim thinks it was his job to comment on why Walker would leave Carolina because he's not the Carolina coach. But Jim said something to the effect of uh, Walker's leaving because he, he, he's not tough enough to take it at Carolina or something of that effect. So uh, Jabari, I think, took offense to to his teammate being cut down by the opposing coach and he let him know in no uncertain terms that y'all can all go straight where you don't want to go <laughs> yeah yeah again th- this is this is a game that that builds momentum in a mm-hmm. uh, undoubtedly way for Auburn and going in getting out of coming back and you know we were at the Iron Bowl Saturday <sighs> And all the basketball guys in there, a bunch of basketball recruits were there and the atmosphere there was great. And so it's so good to see these basketball guys, you know, starting to learn that they are, they are the program right now. Auburn basketball is the Auburn program. And we say basketball school. And at some point that is like a joke because of the money going into football right now, but like, we're the best program right now. Basketball is the best program in Auburn. If you don't count, maybe gymnastics because you have the best gymnast in the world. She but, was there too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you just look at this. I, I, I made a comment on in my notes. I went, I went to look at the stats in this game and, you know, you win by 21. You think oh, that, that should be pretty dominant, but like you don't, it doesn't, 21 doesn't show the stat sheet. We won every single stat category I have right beside me. I, they had many more turnovers. We had more points off of turnovers. We out-rebounded them in both ways. We had more second-chance points, more bench points, more points in the paint, more fast-break points, more blocks, more steals, more assists. It's, what? Yeah, they, it was, it they, was they utter never, domination. The only times they led in this game was early in the game. You know, they would lead occasionally. We – I just – Got up by a couple scores about midway through the first half, yeah, and and nothing yeah, else yeah. after that. And and once we figured out, hey, just take your time. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything stupid mm-hmm. on on offense. Take your time. Let Jabari flash into the middle. Let him dunk it down to Walker, who dunked it over backwards over his head uh, while standing would look like standing still, and and keep doing it and make yeah. free throw line jumpers and. Yeah attack them and it, it just it was not close at one point Wendell Green threw three straight alley-oops uh to the point where the announcers are like it's like a dunk fest and it's like a dunk competition and then uh and then uh Dylan Carbwell got his alley-oop that uh that made it to Sports Center top 10 at number eight uh, a reverse Devin dunk Cambridge. off an alley-oop I mean Devin Cambridge sorry I'm I was wanting to talk about Dylan Carbwell because he played so well in this game probably he his did. best game but Cambridge's dunk on the alley oop was fantastic. Yeah. So, and if you want to talk about Carbwell, I mean, six points, six boards, that's three for three. And I completely agree that's one of his best games, if not best the game. one that he made the three on last year. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just everybody played extremely well. Leroy Behrman came in and hit two threes, banked one of them in. Preston Cook had a three. Chris Moore had four points. Jalen had nine points. Wendell had five points. He had seven assists. Devin had 10 points, made two threes. Walker had six points. Zepp had three points, had five assists. And then Katie Johnson had 15, and Jabari had 22. 
yeah, it it was uh, it was it was dominant. That that Syracuse team was a tournament team last year. I don't know that they've got the talent to be a tournament team this year. They kind of are playing. Uh, uh, I guess it's uh, rec league ball with his two sons being in the starting lineup. Although, uh, look, Buddy's a really good player. He didn't play very well because KD was torturing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it, Jimmy is the younger one. Mm-hmm. And he's also a pretty good shooter from what I can tell, but I don't think he took more than one or two shots. Well, Again, he, he our guards were pestering. Okay. So he made one. Yeah. Uh, he Strong. They'll shoot better than that, but they don't have the dogs to play that zone yeah. against ACC teams. Yeah. Carolina will yeah. kill them. Duke will kill them. Uh, NC will State kill. will kill them. Wake Forest will kill them. Miami, Florida State will kill them. I, I don't know that they're a tournament team this year. I think the other two teams we played this weekend were. I, I still agree. think Loyola is a tournament. I agree. I agree, especially in their conference. Um, yeah. But yeah, let me let me go on this little rant here for just a quick second. So this morning, right before we uh, rec- right before we hit record, I um, I was looking on my phone and I got a notification from ESPN. And it said updated power rankings for college basketball. I was like, okay, cool. Let's see where they have Auburn. I'd be very interested to see where they have. I haven't looked at any of the power rankings previously to this week or any week. Um, I click on it and I counted six SEC teams ahead of us. Six, Arkansas, Kentucky, LSU, Florida, Alabama, and somebody else. I kind of stopped paying attention. Six, six SEC teams. I'm like, Okay, what what have they looked at that has made them put six SEC teams in front of Auburn? They are teams that had two losses in front of us. They are teams that have a really bad loss in front of us. I just don't. You mean to Iona? I don't. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, the Gales. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. I think people need to start taking this team seriously. I don't think. I think some people get it that. When Alan Flanagan comes back, this team is going to be different, like really different, like Elite Eight type of different. But I don't think we're there yet. And I don't think right. people are understanding so, that we're there yet. So that's the AP poll. And let me soothe you a little bit. It's a bunch of sports writers who have just watched scores. Yeah. And so it means nothing. Yeah. We're 21st in the AP poll. That's a drop. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we're 16th in Kim Palm. Kim Palm is what you need to watch because Kim Palm is the is the power rankings. That's what the committee uses. And being 16th in Kim Palm, I know that we're 16th and uh, Alabama's 22nd in that that ranking. But yet Alabama's 16th in the uh, AP, and we're 21st. And I haven't seen anything. So do I, not I pick on Alabama. They lost to Iona. Yeah. Don't pay attention. It's too early in the season to pay attention to what sports writers think is happening in the Do basketball. Do not pay world. attention to them. Do not pay attention to people tweeting about just focus on your team. And this team is going to be good. They're going to get even better. They're going to mesh together. They're going to get one of the best players back. They're going to get an SEC player of the year candidate back, in fact. Um, and they're they're going to be great. But um I'm excited. I'm excited. We're going I'm gonna I'm going to put you up to a little tournament MVP. I, I want you to get your, give your thoughts, and I want you to consider all three games, and okay. I want you to consider the stats. I want you to consider how they played. I want you to consider the outcomes, um, 
and give me your your tournament MVP from this game. From this tournament. Yes. Who did you have as MVP for the Syracuse game, by the way? The Syracuse. Oh, that's a great – oh, Jabari. Okay. Well, then I've got to pick somebody else. Let me do that first. Let me pick somebody okay. else to be my uh, MVP. Um, I do KD on that one. Okay. Yeah, play All great. right. So, tournament MVP. Yes. And I get to go – and I get to go first? Yes, yes. This time you can go first. I, I, I will stick with what Bruce Pearl said. Bruce Pearl said number 10 was the best player in the tournament. And proved it. Yep. And and Walker Kessler was the best rim protector at the tournament. Yeah. Improved it. So I will. Uh, I'll go with Jabari. The the kid has just been. He grew up. He grew up, and I hope he's he gonna continues. Grow up even more. Yeah. 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 So I'll go with number ten, especially when I saw him have the fire to go over to the opposing coach and let him know that they messed up by not guarding him out out of the three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Um, you know, I, I thought about Jabari because I completely agree with Bruce. He was the best player in the tournament. And you said, just like Bruce said, Walker was the best rim protector in the tournament. I'm going to go with the best defender in the yeah. tournament. And it's not close. It's not anybody anybody else but Katie Johnson. Here's the reason we were in that UConn game. We scored a career high. He averaged 4.5 assists or 4.5 steals per game. As out of this world, those are those are numbers that you don't see anywhere. Yeah. He put he hit double digits in every single game that we played. Or no, not the Loyola game. He had seven points against Loyola. He he shot the ball from the free throw line incredibly well. Much he was attacking. Hey, he grew up. We talk mm-hmm. about Jabari. We talk about all these young guards growing up. We talk about. You know, we, the only guy we really don't need to see grow up is Zep, I, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. Because he's the only one that doesn't really need to grow up. I but agree. It, KD grew up. KD showed why, just like you said earlier in the podcast, he showed why teams are going to have to worry about him. Yeah, they need – they better. <laughs> they better, especially if they're standing with their back to the basket in the high post because he's coming. Yeah. And and he's not guarding you, but he's coming. He's going to take the ball from you. And he's going to uh, – look, four and a half steals a game. He's up to 20 steals so far. Yeah. I think the leader in the country as of like this past – at the end of our last game, I think they said that somebody was leading the country. I read it somewhere with like 24 steals, but it played two or three more games. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll get 24 steals. Hopefully he'll get four more steals when we play Central Florida on Wednesday night. Let's talk. Let's let's. That's a great segue right into this a revenge, <laughs> revenge game against UCF um, on Wednesday night in Auburn Arena at 7 p.m. And uh, the the motivational speech here for Bruce is easy. That team ripped your butt last year. Uh, that was such a frustrating game. To it was watch. so frustrating oh, to watch. You just could not hit the broadside of a barn door. It was so bad. It was that arena was dark. It was just. It, 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 we bad. couldn't make anything. Flanagan played, didn't play well. Nobody, nobody shot the ball well. Yeah, uh, we'll be at home. You're right. It's a chance to go. Hey guys, this this is the team that beat you last year. That shouldn't have. Yeah, you know, we had just come off a tournament where we played Gonzaga and I don't know who else, but but the the uh, Central Florida should not have beaten us last year. Yeah, and they did, and they beat us. I don't remember the score, but it felt like it was by a hundred. Yeah. And so, yeah, we need to come back. Their tallest player, 6'11". They don't have anybody else over 6'6". 
Okay. So six eleven is going to guard Walker, uh, who's guarding ten. Yeah. Um, so that they're good shooters. They they got beat by Oklahoma this past weekend at home. Oklahoma's a pretty good team, so that's not a bad loss for them. They they shoot the ball pretty well from three. They cause turnovers, but apparently, but from what I looked up, they commit a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. And if you commit a lot of turnovers in the jungle, mm-hmm. um, that place is going to explode, you and lose. you're you're going to lose. Yeah. So I agree. I'm excited. excited. Yeah. It's an ESPN Plus, right? It's not a normal ESPN game. Got me crazy. Um, Yeah, but we will be back to discuss that later on this week. We'll try to get that out probably Friday, maybe this weekend. We'll figure it out. We will figure it out as soon as we can. Got another game Saturday, too. Another game Saturday. Yale. Yep. Yale at home. Yeah. Smart kids. That's right. Goodness. Okay. Okay. We will um, we will end it right there. Dad, do your thing. I am CTO. I am CTO. At yeah. I am CTO. Go in and argue with him, tell him he's wrong on everything. <laughs> no, Just do, do, do whatever you want to his Twitter. Make sure you follow <laughs> it though. Look it up. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Oldenburg or on Instagram at Gray 21 Until later this week or this weekend, War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagles.